everyone. Welcome to Levels, and we have a supersized show for you. Uh, but we're going to get to that in just a second. Uh, my name is Jeremy Long, joined as always by the sports nista Cassandra Cousineau. Cece, how are you on this lovely Las Vegas afternoon? Uh, pretty awesome. You know, it is uh, St. Patrick's Day. It People is. having corn beef sandwiches, but we're giving you knuckle sandwiches today. <laughs> hey, Ralph! Oh my goodness, man. We got to get to Ralph in, in a little bit because Ralph been on vacation. He's been working and having work vacations too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. That, that, he never stops. So when he does uh, go on vacation, it's good to see him relax for a little bit because my man hustles 24 mm -hmm. 7, kind of like uh, Mike Dixon, another guy we know. But, you know, different different levels, different levels to this. We have a couple of guests. They're very exciting, and we are happy to have them because. Uh, they are part of Lou DeBella's, DeBella Entertainment's uh, new program. It's going to be all female boxing based. It's going to be quarterly, especially coming off the hills of the, the pay-per-view that it was headlined by Clarissa Shields. It's a really exciting time to see some progress in the women's boxing divisions. Uh, and our first guest is uh, Makai Kreps, who is uh, coming off a, a, her fresh debut TKO victory over Noli Romero. Uh, and I know she is chomping at the bit to uh, lay some back up and get right back into it. So without further ado, let's welcome her in. There she is. She looks ready Hi, to go. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> how are you? How are things going? I, I know uh, you are getting ready to step back between the ropes and do your thing, but how are things progressing so far with you? Everything is good. You know, I'm just, just training hard. I'm ready to get back in the ring April 23rd, and uh, we're just ready to go. Now, it's when, a really impressive lineup oh, that you're part of. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's it's an honor to be on a champ, Heather Hardy's undercard, and be a part of such a big, a big woman's card. And, you know, I'm just grateful for the opportunity. Did you get the opportunity to, to watch the pay-per-view with Clarissa Shields and all the other ladies? Yeah, I actually, I actually did. I caught, I caught some of the fights, and I think having these women cards are, are, it's definitely headed in the right direction. It's, it's a good thing for women's boxing for sure. Now, when uh, I guess uh, looking at it, is it, is it one of those things that you know to be saying? I guess in the year twenty twenty one, the first all female fight card, the first uh, all female quarterly series going on, is it? one of those things that is kind of long overdue for your profession. Oh yeah, I believe so. I think that us us women, we we deserve the opportunities just like the men to fight on these big cards and I believe that it's it's getting better with uh promoters like Lou DeBella taking the chance on women and I, I believe that we're we're headed in the right direction. Uh, Lou DeBella has actually been one of the promoters who not just took a chance on women's boxing, but actually believes in it. It's not just a money thing for him. Um, he does his research on his fighters, and it seems like he's very emotionally invested in, in you all. When the opportunity came up, uh, were you aware of that, or were you just like, man, no matter who it is, let's go? Well, yeah, my, uh, my managers presented me the opportunity, and they told me that um, – an all women's fight card was in the works and I I got a slot on that show and um but yeah we just we went from there. 
Now, I mean, full disclosure, we've been hearing about you for a minute, okay? Because yeah. one of your managers, Jamel Herring, is a friend of yeah. the show. We're not supposed to have favors, but we do, okay? Jamel is a favorite yeah, yeah. around here, period. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Jamel yeah. Is, Jamel, is, Jamel is loved by many. Yeah. I mean, because he's, he's a real dude, uh, has come through the fire, uh, produces in the ring, and is actually a genuinely good individual. How did that, how did that partnership come about for you? Because I know you're, you're we're going to back up a little bit to talk about how you started boxing, but who introduced you to Jamel? Actually, uh, JC, he, um, he introduced me to Jamel. JC was following me for quite some time on Instagram and after the Olympic trials and things didn't end up going my way. He, um, he shot me a message and he said, Hey, when you're ready to go pro, uh, me and my business partner, Jamel would like to be hmm. a part of your career. You know, we, we've been following for a while. We like what we see. And whenever you're ready, let us know, we would love to help you out. And it kind of just happened organically like that. And, you know, we teamed up and I spoke to both of them and they, we were all on the same page immediately. You know, they, they had the same vision that I had and, we all just clicked and everything just flowed naturally. Now we know where you are. I want to talk about how you got here. I'm in a couple of different boxing rooms uh, on Facebook and kind of, okay. you know, in the social media universe and people are talking about you. Um, people are, oh, yeah. are not just talking about kind of your potential. They love your intensity. I was cracking up because somewhere on your Instagram page, <laughs> you wrote like a rare photo of me smiling. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Where's the intensity come from? How did you start boxing? Um yeah, like mainly my my Instagram, all my social media is pretty much, you know, boxing. So, you know, I try to show a, a little bit of me outside of the boxing world, but like I said, like I eat, sleep and breathe boxing. It's it's my life and I take my sport very seriously. <laughs> rare boxing smiling photos man that's that's oh, that's yeah. old school throwbacks that's so yeah so yeah when i when i get dressed up you know throw a little bit of makeup on people are like wow because you know they're always seeing me in gym clothes or in the gym so you know I, I try to i try to show a little bit of another side to me you know with you know with your sport uh and there's there's always two camps there's the camps that uh, believe that women need to kind of lean into a little bit of, of their looks in order to get attention and get followings. And then there's the other side that says, no, you know, it's, it's made, it's 100% about your, your skill in the ring and everything, you know, as, as a participant, as, as someone who does this for a living, what are your feelings on it? Do, is it necessary? Is it something you even really think about or anything like that? Um, me personally, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty chill and laid back and I'm just myself at all times. You know, I, I think that when I step in the ring and every time I fight, I'm going to win the fans over by my performances. I, I don't believe that I have to be anybody that I'm not. So, you know, at all times, I'm, I'm always being myself. If I want to dress up and put a little bit of makeup on, I'll do that. But if I want to have my hair up and wear sweatpants, I'll do that as well. So I believe that, you know, my fighting, my fighting is going to speak for me and that's going to say everything. Sorry, I mean, I, I'm going through some of this stuff. I'm like, no, you're, you're absolutely true. You, you, you're not a whole lot of smiling pictures. Does it, would it piss you off when people say, hey, you need to smile more? 
like, oh, no, hey, I, just smile. <laughs> no, actually, a lot of people that don't know me, they 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 said that they thought that I was I was mean, like before they met me. But I'm I'm totally opposite. I'm very friendly, and as soon as I start talking to people, I mean, I'm smiling right away. You know, I get along with everybody. It was like that in school, and it's like that to this day. You know, I, I get along with pretty much everyone, and. I don't know. I just I just don't smile much in pictures. I, I think that's a that's a great. I don't either. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I, I, yeah, I, it's I, just it's just not that. I don't know. It's just it's just. I just no, you know, it's, you know, some people out there smiling at everybody, and, and then there's other people who don't smile at everybody like a like a damn yeah. fool. Which is funny because I mean, Jamel Herring is one of those guys who is always smiling. I mean, you can't take oh, the yeah. smile off that man's face, and it, you know, he's managing and protegeing here. You know. Uh, someone that intensity, man. I love that. It's old school. It's like, uh, you know, I'm I'm here to hit you, man. You know, I don't. Yeah, like, like I said, when 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 I'm in the ring and I'm getting ready for fights, it's all business. But outside of the ring, like I said, I get along with everybody. You know, so I've been reading about how your mom is is your manager. She's still your manager. Yeah, my mom is my my coach as well. So how did you start boxing and is it your mom who introduced you to the sport? Yeah, well, long story short, my my mom actually started boxing just to get in shape. I, I was about five years old and she's a registered nurse as well. And she never had no intentions on fighting and competing. And she um, she eventually did and she did well. And she won a couple of national golden gloves and um, Empire State Games here in New York back when that was a thing. And I was always mm -hmm. around the gym with her as a kid and being five years old in the gym with her, I was always around it and I kind of just stuck with it. It's a, it's an unusual story cause you don't really hear, you know, mother daughter duo. So right. yeah, that's, that's kind of how I got into it. And I had my first fight at nine and I stuck with it and been doing it ever since. It was your first organized fight at nine. Did you have any other fights before you got into the ring? Oh, no. Um, nine, yeah, nine years old was my first competition. You know, but I remember sparring at six and seven in the gym. I used to always spar with all the boys. And my first, my first actual competition was at nine years old. Your mom is a registered nurse, and you being a professional fighter, both of you have to be very conscious of this COVID uh, world. And if it's affecting both of you differently, I would imagine. Um, what's it been like to go through this past year with your mother on the medical side and you as a professional athlete? You know, we just been making the best out of it this whole time, taking the right precautions and just doing our part and doing what we had to do. You know, we were safe from the beginning and she worked uh, front line dealing with the COVID patients. And it, it um, her her being a, her being a nurse, I think she she kind of looked at it from a different perspective. I know a lot of people were were freaking out, not wanting to leave their houses and and not going anywhere. We we still tried to keep everything pretty normal with our training, but kind of distance ourselves from everyone. We were doing a lot of training outside, like even before, even before the weather broke. So the whole pandemic, I kind of, I kind of took it as like a whole, a whole training camp and I didn't slack off. And I knew a lot of people, they were, they were falling off and, and not training, but I was training at home and I kind of never stopped. We were still doing our own thing and just kind of making the best out of it. Man, you know, mama can put those hands on you. Was it added incentive <laughs> to uh, to keep you uh, to keep you in line? If you were just like, yeah, no, nah, I've seen what she did to the heavy bag today, so I'm 
I'm gonna go ahead and just get to that homework now. Yeah, she um you know, we we're 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 a great team. You know, we can butt heads a lot, I feel like just as any parent that is coaching their kid, but overall we we work well together and we've gotten this far and you know, I'm just grateful for her. Makai is a Leo. Um, and so yes. all the Leo women that I know, when they walk into the room, you know that they are in <laughs> the room uh, for certain. Tell us, um, I want to talk about your fighting style a little bit. What I noticed when you first start, I was watching a fight, I don't know, I think it was in Mexico. Um, and you have a different presence when you come into the ring. You're just 24 years old now, but it's all business for you. It doesn't seem like the moment is ever too big um, for you. Oh, yeah. How do you go about approaching the fight? And why do you seem to be so centered that when you're there? You know, I believe it all boils down to just having the utmost confidence in myself. You know, I give 120% training at all times. I go in every fight with the confidence and knowing that I gave my all in training. And I, I believe that's where a lot of the confidence comes from. And, you know, I just believe in myself. I believe that anything I put my mind to, I can achieve. And I truly believe that right now I'm living in my purpose and this is what I'm meant to be doing. A lot of people, they, they say, hey, why boxing? You could be doing anything else. And I just, I just believe that I'm on the right path and everything is unfolding for me. And I just know that I can feel that I'm meant to be boxing and I'm, I'm meant to be doing this. When did you know? I, it's, I, I believe that, you know, I, like I said, I had my first fight at nine years old and I didn't fight again after that until I was about 13. And I, I feel like I've, I always took it serious, but I would say at about 17, 18, I, I knew that you know I wanted to be a professional fighter and the whole Olympics thing came around and, that didn't end up working out my way, but I believe that it was a blessing in disguise and everything kind of unfolded in, in a crazy way. And it put me exactly where I'm at today and I wouldn't have changed it for anything. Were you now, one of those people oh, who ahead, kind sorry. of like, did you, did you visualize this or did it just start coming to you? I, I can say like when I was when I was younger, I always had this this dream of going pro. It was like, hey, I want to be a professional boxer. I was so set on it at one point when I was about 18 years old that I wanted to go pro. Like I wanted to go pro. I was so, so adamant about it. And a lot of people around me were like, hey, like you're young, you should just stay amateur and, you know, build the experience up. And, you know, I did. And I started competing nationally and I started winning everything. And you know, I was I was fighting constantly. I, I was winning everything, and then come around, then the Olympics come, and it was never it was never like a dream of mine when I was a child to say, hey, like I want to go to the Olympics. That was that was never really a dream of mine. But as, as I got older and the Olympics were four years away, I'm like, you know what? I, I'm very young. Why don't I just wait? Like I have a real shot at doing this. Like I, I believe that I can make the Olympic team. And you know, like I said, um, Olympic trials come around and things didn't end up working out my way. But like I said, I, I believe that was just a blessing in disguise to lead me to where I'm at right now. Uh, we uh, spoke on them just a little bit earlier, but your guys, Jamel and JC, checking in here, saying yeah. they're tuning in, uh, giving it a listen and everything. So I did want to circle back. Uh, you know, having uh, guys of that caliber, JC and both Jamel, you know, world champion and, and everything, in your corner since since day one, how how important is that 
and has that been, you know, from, from the very beginning to have that mentorship, to have that knowledge and, and, and base behind you as you start navigating the world of, of professional boxing? You know, it's it's been great. Like I like I always say, I, I appreciate Jamel and JC so much because I, I know in the boxing world it, it's cold blooded, and you have to have the right team behind you. You can be super talented, you can have all the skills in the world, but I believe if you don't have somebody guiding you and knowing the business side of boxing, you're really mm-hmm. not going to get anywhere. And Jamel and JC have I, from day one, we we just clicked. Like I, I feel like it was just it was destined to be. We we're on the same page from the start and now we're, we're kind of here and I couldn't be more thankful. You grew up in Niagara Falls. And for some folks who don't know, that's basically Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, they, they basically Western, yeah. Western New York. I, fun fact, I actually competed in Empire State Games too, in track and field. So oh, I'm yeah. a New Yorker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What yeah. it was like to be growing up kind of in an athletic environment. What was the best thing that you learned from JC and Jamel so far? You know, from the best thing I learned from Jamel and JC was just, you know, staying staying true to who I am and just working hard. They always tell me, you know, everything everything is gonna come to me at the at the right time. All I have to do is continue to be me, continue to be the good person that I am, train hard and everything else is gonna work itself out. And they they have had my back since day one and and seeing Jamel and all his accomplishments and he's always given me words of encouragement and actions speak louder than words and I believe that Jamel is a prime example of the perfect role model and like I said they're they're, they're the best and I'm very grateful for them. I think Jamel's just calling me old. I, I, that's what it sounds like to me, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hands off on that one, man. Hands off on that one. Well, Friday, April 23rd, you are going to uh, step in with another very talented young lady in Alex yeah. Love. Uh, tell us a little about your opponent, what you see there, and, and, and you know, just the lead up to this fight. You know, what's the mentality of going up against someone, you know, who's, uh, you know, got a pretty good resume herself? Oh, yeah. You know, Alex Love, I, I know her from the amateurs. She was a standout amateur just like myself. And I'm going to that fight with the same mindset as I always have, you know, given 100% in training. And I'm coming to fight and coming to win like I always do. All I have to do is be me. And I know when I'm at my best, I'm unstoppable. And April 23rd, I, I plan on being the best Makaya. For people who don't know, how would you describe your fighting style? Um, I, I would say, you know, I'm very, I'm very aggressive. You know, I'm a very aggressive, high intensity fighter. A lot of people, they, they may seem that I'm just always aggressive, this come forward fighter, but I can box very well too. You know, I have a good jab, good head movement, and and very good counters, and I'm fast on my feet, and I feel like I have speed as well. I feel like I'm the whole package and I can switch it up and it all it all depends on what's in front of me. I feel like I adjust very well to my opponent and it just depends on who I'm fighting and I, I adjust as the rounds go on. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have not seen her professional debut, you can Google it. It's, it's right there on YouTube uh, <laughs> against Noli Romero. And uh, let me tell you, you are not going to be disappointed because, oh, man, I like it. I like the when you guys were clinching. And you were throwing the shoulders in there, kind of that old oh, school, yeah. man. You were working the combos. You were working the jab. I mean, that that is a refreshing thing because there's a lot of 
young fighters, they find that one thing that they're good at. Maybe they have power. Maybe, you know, they have a good right hand or something like that. And they like to initially hide behind those things while their other talents are developing. But right. like you said just a second ago, you look like you're putting in some serious work and, and, and you, you're a really well-rounded fighter for going into your second professional fight. That's amazing. Right. Who, do you, who do you credit that to? You know, I, I just feel like over the years working with different coaches and, and being around different people, I kind of just grown into my own style. I always said as an amateur that, and everyone used to tell me as well that I have more of a professional a professional style, and I agree on that. Um, I just believe over the years I kind of have, have grown into myself, and I'm just learning and getting better every day. And I feel like I, I'm not even I'm not even at my best yet, and I feel like the best is yet to come. And you're only going to see more from me as, as the years go on. Uh, JC here bragging on you a little bit, saying you're extremely strong. For your division yeah. and your punching power is pretty crazy. Is that an accurate representation? Do you, you, do you got pretty crazy punching power? Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I would say so. You know, a, a lot of people that I've been in the ring with always compliment my power, and I definitely pride myself on being a, a very strong fighter. And um, yeah, I would, I would say that that statement is is pretty accurate. <laughs> It's okay. I, I we know it's it's weird doing media interviews, and then every once in a while you have to brag on yourself. But this is the this is the space to do it. So you know that's okay. I will say it for you. She has crazy power. Don't don't yeah, trade. Was three minute rounds, she would actually be like knocking people out. I mean, that's the thing with women's boxing. It's just minutes don't actually get all the time that you need to work. And do you feel like, right. are you actually, which side of that argument do you, you go, you lie on is do you want three minute rounds? You see with me, I, I feel like the three minute rounds, yes, we would be able to work more, but I feel like my style of fighting, I'm a very fast starter, I'm a fast finisher. So mm -hmm. the two minute rounds is not really something that, that bothers me much. If they said, Hey, Micaiah, would you like two or three? Of course I would say three more time to work, but, I believe my okay. fight style complements two minutes or three minutes. Like I said, my, my main focus when I'm in the ring is going there and get the job done. If I feel like I can finish you early, then I'm going to do that. I feel like my style is very, very aggressive. And if, if I'm able to finish a fight early, then that's what we're going to go for. You know, we don't get paid overtime. So. <laughs> This is like, true. That's <laughs> I like it. Uh, that should be everybody's model. It's like you're not getting paid for all the time. Get your work done. And get up out right. of there as possible. What are you hourly? Get out of there, man. Come on, get out of there. Well, I am going to give one final plug for the show, and then I'll let uh, Cece have the final question here. Friday, April twenty third, on UFC Fight Pass, you are going to see an incredible all ladies card. Ladies yes. fight night card, and it's going to be headlined by Heather, the return of a great champion, Heather Heat yeah. Party, uh, who we all enjoy. She is a very vocal about her sport and vocal about everything, uh, and that's why we love her and appreciate her. Uh, and if you want action from top to bottom, man, this – I mean, Lou DeBella and his team have put together something really, really special here, Cece, and uh, you, you would be remiss – if you would, did not capture this card live and see uh, Miss Kreps do her thing, which is going to be very yes, aggressive from bell to bell, I have no doubt. I cannot wait. I'm so excited to watch yeah. this. Cece, I'll turn it over to you. 
Uh, we're talking with Micaiah Krebs, uh, Bantamweight future star in women's boxing. And it's not even hyperbole because she's every time she steps in the ring, she shows you something different and, and mm. kind of lives up to all of those expectations. But where can people find you? Oh, wait, <laughs> Jamel says he loves Heather, yeah. but Micaiah is still in the show. Watch, I'm believing it. <laughs> I absolutely believe In fact, so during Clarissa Shields' uh, pay-per-view, I think it was Jamie Mitchell that was in. She's featherweight. Um, but yeah. Jamel was tweeting saying, I see some potential opponents <laughs> for oh, Micaiah. Oh, yeah. Did you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like I said, we're we're not, we're not we're moving on the fast route, and we don't plan to take step-up fights when we're 15 and 0. Uh, my mentality is, you know, I believe in myself 100% and I'm ready for all the big names immediately. You know, I'm very, I'm very humble and I respect everyone outside of the ring, but I know what I'm bringing to, to women's boxing. And I feel like what I'm bringing is, is just going to be a little bit different. And as time goes on, people are going to see why I'm different. Where can people find you? Uh, mostly through your social media channels. Also, I noticed that you do have a clothing partnership with FTW. Uh, I love their stuff. So, oh, yes, Fit Warrior, really yes. Yeah. Everyone can follow me at Micaiah Kreps, uh, pretty much on everything, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and also I made a Facebook recently, too, just because, you know, everyone had one. So I was just like, hey, why not? <laughs> I had one, I had one, like, years ago, but never really used it. So, yeah, Micaiah Kreps on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And well, Fit Warrior brand gear. Uh, oh yeah, oh, yes, Fit Fit Warrior gear. It's um the link is in my uh in my bio on Instagram, and you can purchase your Team Krebs gear as well. Love it, Team Krebs. We cannot wait to see you do your thing, uh, and where you go from here, especially with that powerful team behind you, man. JC uh, yeah. and, and Jamel and, and these guys. Oh man, uh, I, I'm excited. I mean, it's it's very it's very it's not. It's very few and far between. I'm really excited about cards, but coming off the hills of that uh, of that pay per view and knowing what Lou DiBella and those uh, the, that uh, team can do with production and everything, uh, I, I know we're in store for a very very special show. And uh, again, folks, if you want to watch the debut fight, you got you owe it to yourself <laughs> to watch uh, Makaya uh, Krebs's debut professional fight because she puts those damn hands. On someone, and uh, you know, two piece and a biscuit, a side drink, an order of fries. She gave it all, and we are better uh, and happier boxing fans for it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, you so much. Uh, no, what you guys? Something? Be Go yeah, before um, we let you go, how's the mm -hmm. sleeve going? <laughs> how's the sleeve coming? How's the sleeve coming? Oh, have you added anything? Have you added anything new? No, not recently. I actually just have this little strip right there that I have to that I have to fill in, and we'll be pretty much done with it. So, people with tattoos—they're they're never done. <laughs> they're never <laughs> yeah, done. and it's and it's it's kind of finding the time in between training and fights when I can actually get it done. And you know, my tattoo artist—he's he's very booked all the time, so it's been hard for me to get in. But I plan on getting it finished soon. There you go. They always need coloring. Always need shading. Always just a little bit more. And now, and then you start out with something like that, and then you got a snake that wraps around your body for some reason. Oh I yeah, don't know how it goes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Best of luck to you. Can't wait to watch, and uh, hope to uh, talk to you very soon down the road. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right, thank we'll you. talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.
Good luck to Makaya. Jamal's yeah. got a fight coming up uh, as well. Big fight for him. Um, yeah. I feel like, you know, they've had the man in training for like eight months for uh, this particular Jamel fight. never like, leaves you know. training, man. He's been in training since this time last year. He was in training, I think. It's possible. He, I don't think they let him leave the gym. I think they got him set up with a cot there. But uh, a very exciting fight also in April. Listen, let's April? Blood the, tell it like there's still a ton of work to do. It's so funny to listen when Terrence Crawford is there in the gym. It's like, dang, man. <laughs> just always on each other. It's, 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 it's good. You know, iron sharpens iron. And um, Jamel is running as we speak. <laughs> Watching it run it. Watching it run it. Run I can't it. walk and shoot gum at the same time. It's much yeah, less. Now, now run I was the show. the other day looking down at my phone. You know, I, I holler at the kids all the time. You cannot look at your phone while you're walking. Can't do it. <sighs> Uh, and I had man. to lead by example. <laughs> I had to model behavior. <laughs> well, well one, one more time. DeBella Entertainment's Broadway Boxing. Uh, ladies Fight Night. Uh, Friday, April 23rd on UFC Fight Pass. You guys are going to be able to check it out. It's going to be top to bottom. Ladies throwing down. And this, we, we're, we ain't talking about oil fights. We're talking about real fighters <laughs> doing their thing, whipping ass. And I'm so excited to see the progression of, you know, the things that are happening, and, you know, and, uh, you know, kind of going back to that, going back to the the all-female card led by Clarissa Shields uh, and our friend, uh, Ebony, uh, was on there, Ebony Bridges, yeah. doing her thing, getting the victory, and she had a quick turnaround and a quick announcement. Yep. Yeah. She got a, she got a world fight title fight coming up How now. How about what that? Is? That's a stay ready. And when you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So they call and say you want to fight for a strap. The answer is yes. Not I need a full camp. Yeah. So yeah, she yeah. stayed ready. And, uh, yeah, and congrats. You know, also to just uh, all the women on that card. Congrats to Clarissa Shields, who we had on the show just a few weeks ago. Uh, it was in very high spirits and, and looking forward to mm -hmm. seeing what this card could do. And it wasn't so much about uh numbers and what it drew and everything it was the fact uh that someone finally stepped out and did it and she and, did it and how did. how important you know cc i mean these are ladies that you talk to all the time athletes that you talk to and interact with all the time how important is that for them to just finally someone just stepped out and did it took the chance and said hey you know what someone's got to be first so let me go ahead and do this I think that it's mission critical if the goal is to advance women's boxing. Someone had to take the risk and someone being, you know, the most prominent name in women's boxing in, in Clarissa Shields. They had 350 people in there, which was a sellout for that particular arena. But it's right. not really about the quantity. It was just kind of the quality and that they got out there and they did it. On the heels of that, now you've got Lou DiBella announcing a series, not just one particular uh, pay-per-view. And so momentum is what women's fighting boxing needs. Cause I can't get my head around like why we don't have win more women on more cards. UFC is doing it, you know? And for yeah. the, those who say, I don't want to see women fight. Yes, you do. You're paying for them pay-per-views that uh, Yoyana Joanna Youngjacek is on, that Amanda Nunez is on, that Rose Neman Nunez is on. You're paying for those cards. Yeah. A lot of times those women are at the top of those cards. So it's it's 
the uh, act of organizing these fights and just putting it out there. Don't have to be right. perfect every time. Let's just keep the momentum going. And I tell you what, keep an ear out for Micaiah Krebs. She is being developed the right way. Right. Like she, they not. She's not fighting at a taqueria somewhere. You know. Yeah. Like no shade, but you know she's not. Like well. They, you know, I what you were saying there, it's so Oh, sorry, you were breaking up. Are you there? Okay, yeah, okay. You were breaking up there just for a second. Sorry. But it it, it goes back to, you know, uh, a, a few months ago we had the legend Christy Martin. You know, and Christy uh was telling us about her training going up. You know, growing up and getting into the sport and why she got in and what the the obstacles she faced, the harassment she faced hmm. at the beginning of it, which a lot of women in that profession still face, but at least you're you're starting to see the women that are coming through that are if you give them the proper training, if yep. you give them the even you know tools, if you give them backing and stuff like that, you can get quality entertainment. It's not backyard brawls. It's not uh, you know what what were the uh, what were just the the sign up and fight cards? Was that uh, not King of the Ring? But uh, whatever, <laughs> it was, it's not those those cards where you just sign up, you know, and just you know anyone right. can do it and just jump right in there. When you see uh, the Micaiah uh, Kreps and, and people like that that are being brought up the right way through the sport, quality you start getting quality in return, you know, and it's it's a really exciting time. In women's boxing, but there's so much further to go for them. And on that, uh, of course, not uh, taking anything away from Clarissa Shields, who became the first two-division undisputed champ. That's male or female boxing. It's her birthday today, as a matter of fact. Is it? Is it Clarissa's yeah. birthday? Yeah. Well, happy birthday, Clarissa Shields. Uh, two-division undisputed champ. That is just amazing. Uh, and before we go much further, uh, do want to say. Uh, uh, our condolences to uh, marvelous uh, Marvin Hagler, who passed away at 66. Uh, and what a, a champion that he was, you know, in mm -hmm. and out of the ring, just a, a guy that was beloved all across the sport and outside of the sport and everything. A, a, a man that so many of us grew up watching, you know, as just one of the true pound for pound greats that boxing that has ever seen. Yeah, and you know, I'm at, at a point now where men of a generation that meant a lot to me growing up are starting to pass. And so this one hit really hard. Uh, my granddaddy always talked about Marvin Hagler. I mean, uh, right. Marvin was like a man's man, tough guy, tough, 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 act tough, hit tough. Like he's just like a man's man, tough guy. No nonsense, you know, Brockton, Massachusetts. Um, that's where he was from or fighting out of anyway. But, you know, it just real. And plus it was so unexpected. And so I, like many other people, found myself running back conversations that I had in my life that were meaningful and connected to Marvin Hagler because of that. And that's one of the things I think why we really love, you know, sport, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it becomes a soundtrack to your life in many ways, you know? We remember where we were at for, um, you know, the, the latest memory is gonna be, where were you when the NBA shut down? <laughs> right, right. In, in mid game, 
you know, <laughs> you know, Vegas Golden Knights has actually a very strong connection to Las Vegas because of the incident on October one um, at Mandalay Bay. So there are all those moments, and that's what happened to me for uh, Marvin Hagler. It's just I really started to run back conversations I had with my granddaddy, and really that became the foundation of my love for this sport. Right, right, uh, and, and those you know those wars he had became legend. You know, uh, you know, uh, and those legends became just, you know, uh, the, you know, it, it became that thing that was, it was always compared. Other fights were always compared to, yeah. you know, marvelous. Uh, Marvin fights. You know, <laughs> Tommy Hearns and Sugar Ray Leonard and, you know, that whole group of champions from uh, the, you know, the late seventies and eighties that, you know, all the greats fought each other. You know, there was not there's not so much of this back and forth now and, and taking years off from the sport and everything. These guys stepped up and, and threw down wherever they could find a mm -hmm. you know a couple of bucks and a and a ring. And most of the time it was out here at Caesars, you know. <laughs> and and uh, a parking it, lot. It really yeah, yeah. And it really set the foundation that uh, you know, later on kind of crumbled a little bit, but I feel that boxing's kind of rebuilding. Once you start getting these names to fight each other, which is, you know, what we're what we're getting, and and hats off, you know, kind of segued into hats off to uh, Jessica McCaskill, who, you know, a lot of people thought that she won a fluke fight uh, against Cecilia and the first time around, and then she goes back in again, does no it doubt. again, you know, leaves no doubt, you know, and she was on the show a while back and. You know, no, number one, let me let me just pat ourselves on the back here. Great shows. <laughs> Great shows from levels. Coming through, man. All these champions coming through. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not and you're not signing up and watching regularly. What's wrong with you? Uh, but uh hats off to Jessica uh McCaskill and what did you I know you watched it, I know you watched it closely. Uh what did you think of her performance against a, a legend in our time? Yeah. Yeah, that was a wild night. There was a lot going on. Because at the top of the card was a whole other issue. Uh, <laughs> uh, that but anyhow, Jessica, I thought she would leave no doubt um, this time around. I thought she was close enough to winning that fight. Um, but it was clear to me she did win. But I, I just thought that she had a little bit more to go where this fight would just take away all, all doubt. Um, Cecilia Breakers has had an incredible career. And in many ways, um, Jessica yeah. got an opportunity because of Cecilia. So we have to like pay homage to her. But right. I just think that Jessica's speed and that, <laughs> listen, she's trained yeah. by Rick Ramos, okay? Rick Ramos right. will make sure you're coming out of that gym in shape. She faded a little bit in the middle rounds, which kind of what happened the first fight. But she just he kept that overhand right going. And that's really what, what helped her. And I was hearing Rick say, you know, you got to fight small, I, you know, fight small because that was her advantage and made it much more difficult for Cecilia being the taller fighter. And she looked like she was a weight class above a two, right? <laughs> like yeah. in separate weight classes. There. Yeah. Really, really um, impressed by that effort. And let's go. Let's book Katie Taylor. <laughs> let's get that Katie Taylor fight uh, for, you know, what, what is probably the number two spot in the pound for pound women's ranking there. Uh, yeah. Jessica McCaskill and Katie Taylor facing off. Hopefully they could get that made. Uh, and like you said, I mean, all hats off to Cecilia 
I mean, 36 and two for a career. I mean, unbeaten for the longest time. I mean, I, I know she's probably not going to hang it up anytime soon. I'm not calling for her to. I don't think she should. But that, but you know, her her legacy is, is secure. It's written. There's no shame in that. Especially uh, looking at the career that Jessica already has and is going to have, in, in my thought uh, process and everything. So uh, it's amazing to see no bad fights on that card. No bad fights. Uh, and no, really. What? Um, no, I was saying I, I like and I like like their their banter like. We don't have to have women who love each other. I think there's an expectation for these women to play nice. Why? Yeah. They're going to get in a fist fight. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to like the person who I know is going to be tagging me upside my dome for a while. So, yeah, no, nah, I like that this attention there. I dig it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, uh, you know, I, I look at the flack that Clarissa Shields gets uh, for simply saying what's on her mind. You know, and and I'm not saying that male athletes don't receive a certain amount of criticism. Any athlete does. You know, any person can if you, you know, if people mistake, uh, you know, your uh, confidence with bravado, you know. But it's to, be, swag. to be in this swag. sport, in combat sports, you got to have bravado. Right. You got you to gotta have belief in yourself and you got to. Be able to say out loud, yeah, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to whip this person's ass and I'm going to leave with the belt or I'm going to continue with the belt or, I, you know, whatever it is, you've got to have that in this sport. So it kills me when fight fans and it's it's always the, the, the fair weather fans that are always like, so-and-so needs to be humbled. <laughs> what are you talking about? These are fist fights. These are people getting kicked in the face and everything. What are you talking about humbling someone? What and what? What about them makes you want, you know, you want them to, to, to bow down and say, oh, I'm so sorry for believing in yeah. myself and my, and my abilities and everything. It, it drives me crazy when I see idiots write things like that or say things like, like that. Gone somewhere. I just saw something on MMA Twitter uh, this week, and someone was, was going back and forth with this one person. It was their page, and they're like, you should be professional. This person is just a fan. Like, so there's professional fans. So there's casual fans. There's professional fans. Like, is that a paper degree? Is it, did you go to like virtual, like professional fan school? Um, you know, you got a certificate of authenticity or something. This is ridiculous. It's really, it's really crazy, man. Fight fans are so funny. Uh, in just a couple of minutes, we're going to have uh, another fighter, Melissa St. Veal. Uh, she is also on this uh, Debella Entertainment card, uh, and she's got a fun fight coming up with, and, you know, known uh, uh, lovingly as Little Miss Tyson. You know, she's got a attitude that's eight times bigger than she is, uh, and, uh, you know, she's always really fun to talk to. And so she's going to be coming up here in just a minute. You're going to want to stick around. Uh, I think Melissa's like 5'4", so she's not like – no, she ain't like tiny, tiny. Sure. Right? No, she's not tiny. No. I mean, I'm five feet flat-footed. Y'all would never know that. Like, you don't ever see me and not not having heels on. You never know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Even I right know. now, I'm standing on three books. <laughs> I know. I know you're tiny. Uh- <laughs> but, you know, you got to walk with a little bit of fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. My uh, love you. 
we, you know, speaking of uh, kind of legends and fire in a sport, we we saw uh, a rematch of so many people uh, for uh, a while now that people have wanted uh, with Estrada and uh, Chacalito uh, Gonzalez, uh, which I believe the right fighter won. What did you think about the uh, the judge scoring that actually got a judge temporarily suspended for this wonky card that they scored? You're damn right. It's about time. And I'm shocked. That's how you like, I came up out of my socks shocked that they would actually suspend a judge in Texas. In Texas. Like, you know, Texas judging is known to be more favorable towards the more aggressive come forward fighter. Yeah. And that fighter was Chocolatito. So, I mean, but the fact that like they gave him what, two rounds? In the whole, I was like, in the whole fight, yeah, just it was absolutely ridiculous. It is appalling, and yes, judges should have to answer for that. And I actually think it should be like public, so because it's not just the judges, y'all. Like it's uh-huh. these commissions, and it's also sanctioning bodies that need to be more transparent, so that we understand. Like fighters should know what they're fight what they're up against. It's not just the dude or the woman across them anymore. Yeah. No, and, and depending on the depending on the state and the commission, yeah, I mean you're fighting an entire, you know, and usually, usually, and, and I mean where there's smoke, there's fire, and it's been around for years, but the, you know that's what they call hometown decisions, uh, yeah. you know, hometown scoring, things like that. Uh, the most famous probably being uh, Adelaide Bird, you know, being suspended a couple of years ago for how, her outrageous card one eighteen to one ten. Uh, for Canelo over Triple G, which still, you know, right now. made it a split draw. Fun. If she would have scored it right, it probably would have been in favor of Triple G, altering careers, alter, you know, costing people millions upon millions of dollars, Can all be because of a, a weird and crappy card. You know, you scored. I'm not saying judges are infallible; they can have bad nights, but when the scores are so widely different. The, the other judges that are scoring it, you're like, what fight were you watching? And you it's know? not and just boxing. MMA is having MMA, you know, some MMA issues MMA right now, some, too. Oh, man, they've had some crazy ones. But crazy a lot ones. of those judges, a lot of the C judges, you know, who came into the fight came from boxing. <laughs> so right back to where we were. But um, there's issues right now. Actually, Dana White has been very vocal about these 10-8 rounds that have been happening in uh, UFC, which is goofy to me. If it's a 10-8 round, you need to be getting your ass whooped. Like, it's like a yeah. molly whopping. Like, you know, somebody, like, knocked you down and damn near out. It's um, over, the, the overcorrecting. You know, for right. years, for years they argued four 10-8 rounds when guys were obviously getting, you know, knocked down multiple times nearly getting finished or whatever. And so they were like, these should be 10-8 rounds. And so then when it started becoming more prevalent, now we're getting 10-8 rounds for, for, for top fights control. that are for top control with no attempts at submissions, <laughs> with just a little bit of movement here and a little hammer fist, and all of a sudden it's a 10-8 round. It's overcorrecting, and the market's got to find time, right? The market's got to correct itself. But, yeah, MMA faced for years and years and years finding properly trained referees properly trained uh, judges that could go in there and wouldn't just score it as a stand-up fight. But they had no idea what they were looking at. 
They're like, what are these guys rolling on the ground for? You know, what they had no idea what top position was. Uh, Much less what an omaplata was. They were just like, these guys are in underwear rolling around. We don't understand what the sport is, you know. So uh, it's it's really crazy. You know, Robert Hoyer is probably one of the the most competent judges, I think, in any in any combat sports organization. So because he was also he's also a ref and a judge. And I feel like he's got a well-rounded perspective of the actual sport. And right. that, and I think that's necessary to inform you. Like, it's not something you should be learning on the job, man. Like, you, that's years of training. I don't know how long a, a judge has to be trained for in order to actually be sanctioned by a commission. But, you know, that'd be really interesting to kind of find that out. But someone who's actually been standing in the middle of, of uh, two fighters, I think is ultimately more qualified than someone who's only been sitting ringside. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, seeing it firsthand, yeah. seeing it firsthand, hearing the the conversations, hearing you know, knowing the sport in and out, um, you know, but but honestly, I mean, they used to score score uh, boxing contests by just picking a guy out of the crowd, and saying you're the you're the referee. Yeah. So you know, I mean, nobody's perfect. Even uh, guys like uh, you know Herb Dean, who's considered probably the best MMA ref. He has bad nights. He's been criticized by Dana White. Herbert, get you killed company. some days, man. But, but you know, there's. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's the, the, the uh, what's what's my man's name? Uh, oh, man. Asian referee. Uh, which one? Always does the heart thing. Uh, what is his name? Darn, man. Uh, you know, Yamasaki, Mario Yamasaki. Ah, uh, yeah. That man will let you die. You got to die to get the fight call. Yeah, off. you're gonna have some white meat in your brain. <laughs> you, got, you got to have brain, you know, come leaking out your the side of your ear, man, to get the fight called off by Mario Yamasaki. Uh, oh man, speaking of like having your brain showing, you, we're gonna get uh, Kamara Usman against uh, Jorge Masvidal again. Right. I mean, I guess the brains behind that is connected to Dallas. And uh, their little yep. sense, because Jorge gets two title shots in less than a year, dog. Less than a year. Yeah. And yeah. one. Like, like, when was his last? He won against Ben Askren, right? That was the fly knee. He has no win since then. Yeah. And was thoroughly, thoroughly, beaten. thoroughly outclassed uh, over there in uh, Fight Island. Uh, and yes, I mean the 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 excuse was he didn't have a full camp, even though he was in camp and then temporarily moved himself because they couldn't come to a contract agreement, and then he was right back in it. So I don't really believe the whole full camp thing. I don't see it going any different than you know I don't I don't think Jorge Masvidal and it's no disrespect, but I don't think in this short amount of time his his game has evolved to anything that Usman couldn't, you know, handle. You Look know, at the two fights he's had. He, I mean, Colby Covington and Gilbert Burns. Yeah. Like those, you know, Covington was a war, um, you know, and Gilbert Burns is a legit title contender. Right. And Gilbert yeah, Burns was that. a wrecking ball going into that. And Colby, mm-hmm. despite his, that you know, the whole political persona that he created for himself, is a very good, well-rounded wrestling and stand-up fire. We've seen Colby bounce back with dominant win, 
Yep. Since that Usman tough, fight. Tough fight. But yeah, you, you saw this war and he gets his jaw broken by Usman, who has gone from a guy that nobody wanted to wrestle and took down Tyron Woodley and beat him up like he was nothing to a guy that will put those damn paws on you now. You know, and it's it's crazy how fast we've seen that progression with a guy like Usman, man. You're talking about a, a, a and I mean this in the kindest way, but a, a freak athlete of a different level. Man. That is a yeah. different beast, a different animal altogether. A guy that can put all those things together, your wrestling and your stand-up, as fast as he has, as good he's, as he has been. And talk about durable. He's taken some mm-hmm. heavy, heavy shots mm-hmm. and just, mm-hmm. you know, good. I mean, Jorge Masvidal does have knockout power. There's no denying that and everything. But, I, I, you know, I don't see him catching him in a way that's going to, you know, unless Usman just – I mean, it, MMA is that sport – one punch can change anything. Yeah. You can slip on that logo like they like to keep in the middle of that damn <laughs> uh, cage and everything. You see guys slip on those things all the time, yeah. and then it's a different a different ball game or whatever. Anything's but, possible. Anything's possible. But I just head to head, head to head. On paper, Usman is a favorite, and he should be the heavy favorite. But yeah. are you surprised at all that um, you know you don't see Leon Edwards immediately get? That shot. There was some back and forth between him and Bilal. Unfortunately, Bilal had to, um, the fight had the end because of the eye injury. And people were really going at Bilal because Bilal was saying that he needs to run it back with Leon. And Leon's yeah. calling for the title. And Bilal is like, You ain't getting the title shot. And people were like, You don't know. He was like, I got the same manager as the champ. The manager <laughs> is telling me. And then 24 hours later, this fight. The title shot is, is announced. So who's like the biggest like loser in all of this? Leon, Bilal. Uh yeah, it's hard to say, man. I take Bilal because you know, ultimately the UFC is gonna do what's best for the UFC. That it is not rankings are there just to shut fans up or get them talking and focused on something else. <laughs> you know, this Masvidal fight is for money and that's it, and that's that's the UFC game, right? I mean, because there is no sell out Jacksonville. There's no world governing body, kind of like these boxing organizations that say, "Okay, these are the next in line. You got to defend your title against a mandatory, or you got to, you know, there's different hoops they got to jump through." Mm-hmm. Then you come to MMA, where one company basically runs everything, and they say, "Well, the you know we make up the rankings, but the rankings don't really matter anyway." So, you know, unless they're negotiating a contract, and then the rankings matter. If they're denying someone a fight or a chance at the title, the rankings matter. But if the guy is popular <laughs> enough, we've seen years ago, Chael Sonnen, you know, these guys who Chael talked himself into two title fights that he mm-hmm. probably, you know, first one, whatever, that was a really good fight. Second one, you know, and the title fights against John Jones and, you know, these, you know, there was no, there was no need for any of that stuff. But, Dollars makes sense. <laughs> Dollars make sense to the UFC. The dollars make fights in the yeah. UFC. We have uh, uh, retired uh, Henry Cejudo calling out Max Holloway, and Dana White's totally entertaining it. He's like, "Oh yeah, that could be a fun fight. I think fans would pay for that one." They're not even in the same freaking division. <laughs> I mean, right. but Cejudo's a former champion. He's got a ton of following. Max has a ton of following. It could be something that makes each guy a, a, a little bit of money. 
But ultimately, well, in the TJ's rankings coming of back for a title shot. So yeah. <laughs> TJ's coming back. Everybody's coming back. Ain't nobody retiring. Uh, well, Aljamain he's Sterling back to a title shot. That's the crazy part. Is like yeah. he dirty. You get you you dirty, and you come back and you get a title shot right off the bat. Dana sometimes gets like that. You know, he gets off of those uh, those uh, shareholder calls, and he starts making title <laughs> fights like he's Oprah. You get a title fight. You get a title fight. You get a title fight. He he's got shareholders to answer to. It's not a publicly traded company, but they have investors, and those investors mm-hmm. want return on that capital. And you're you're well, talking about Hollywood actors, and you're talking about what that company that's called Silver Lake or whatever, whoever actually put together that deal, and they want money. They don't give a shit about rankings and everything else. What makes money? We made up a belt. We literally made up a belt <laughs> and gave it, uh, gave, let two guys fight yeah. over it, and then just threw the belt away because people thought it was going to be an actual fucking belt. They just made it up. You can make up another belt tomorrow. <laughs> you know? well, I mean, that's a good question for who's like, you know, is the BMF like on the line? Like, if it's only fair, if you're putting up your belt, why does he have to put up, you know, his? He's the lineal, he's the lineal BMF champion by default. Okay, Jorge won it. It's never lost it, and then he got his ass whipped. And so it's Usman is the lineal BMF champion. That is hilarious. Look, I'm so breaking it down just like that to him. I'm like, do you you follow this? Yes. Yes. Break it down to him. Let's have him on here because my reasoning is sound. He needs to have that BMF belt. You know what? Here's the crazy thing. At first, you're like, okay, it's totally a made-up gimmicky belt or whatever. But if they actually put that in play and anyone, you know, you got these guys jumping in divisions and out of divisions and everything else, you actually put that in play, I think that would be a good, legitimate thing to have. A lineal BMF champion. You know, if (laughs) – I don't know. If uh, – if uh, uh, Israel Adesanya decides he's bored, you know, and goes down and beats up Usman, takes that belt, you know, then he's the BMF guy. Now you got a guy who's jumping around from light heavy to heavy, and you can have that belt go all kinds of ways, man. And I think that would be beautiful. Uh, <laughs> you know? I think they need to have it on the woman's side, too. Like, yeah. Have a well, BMF, come on. Who's um, who's um, going to have it besides Amanda? Who's going to have it besides Amanda? Uh, you know, She's already – she got the unofficial BMF. Bailey can put her name in. There's a couple of champions in there that who actually could, like, compete for the strap. So I, I wouldn't be mad at it. But I think it, I think there should be two. I think there should be the ladies' BMF and the men's BMF. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what they should do. Well, finally, we what do you uh, uh, what do you think about Aljamain Sterling? Do you think it was a a little bit of an acting job? Do you a little? I mean, yes, Peter Jan, Peter Jan did throw an illegal knee, a hell of a illegal knee. Yeah, uh, cost himself the belt in a stupid, stupid. Did you just start doing MMA? Because I, I I think you have some that experience. Was really bizarre because it was you bizarre. know Khabib had said right away to uh, DC and the broadcasting team that you know they told him to do. He asked them, and then they ran it back. You heard it on ESPN, like you know, do I throw the knee now? And it was just weird, right? Why would you ask? Yeah. Do you throw it now? Unless it was like part of the game plan to like if it gets close enough. We're going to tell you to throw it like, you know, just when he comes up and 
maybe they were trying to time it. I don't know. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed in how Al Jermaine has handled um, some of this, you know, dancing around and celebrating with the belt. Like it's really, it, it's, a, it's a problem with the rules more so than anything. I just don't think the belt should have changed hands. It just should be vacant. You know, they run it back because you didn't yeah. earn it. You did yeah. not earn it. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, yeah. I, I think he's he. Yes, he is the champion. Yes, Peter Yawn did throw that illegal D. Yes, by rule, the proper things happen. Mm -hmm. Aljamain just, you know, I, I think he only hurt himself because he, you know, he didn't want to win that way. He didn't want to do that. Uh, and then he fully embraced it. Fully <laughs> was like, "Well, never mind. I have the belt now, so it doesn't matter how I want it or whatever. So I'm the champ, whatever. Whatever. You're gotta the champ. Come you see the me rules. now. Gotta come yeah. see me. I'm the champ. Now you gotta come fight. You know when I tell you to fight and everything. So hey, whatever. We'll see when they run it back immediately. Uh, we are now ready to speak with our next. I was, I was thinking about this stuff earlier. Uh, uh, but listen, St. Bill. Always entertaining, always a great fighter to watch on these cards, and she is going to be featured uh, on this Ludabella uh, Broadway Entertainment Ladies Fight Night, which is going to be so freaking badass, and I can't wait to see it. I've, I've said it like four times, but I'm going to say it again because it looks really great, and I can't wait to talk to this champion right here. There she is, all smiles. Yay! She's ready. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Can you hear me? Heck yeah. <laughs> well, Melissa, we mentioned this uh, this card coming up on April 23rd. Of course, you're on it. You're going to be doing your thing, stepping between the ropes, ready to put those hands on someone. How are you feeling? You look like you're all smiles, so I guess camp is going pretty well. Yes, camp is going good. You know, I'm excited, you know. Coming back into the ring after this pandemic, you know, so it feels good to be back, and I'm just ready. Nice, and we, of course, are coming off of uh, uh, the first all-women's pay-per-view headlined by Clarissa Shields. A lot of very talented ladies on this card and everything, and now uh, DeBella Entertainment releases this, which is going to be a quarterly series with all-women fighters. Uh how does it feel, and did you get to watch that pay-per-view and, and see the ladies throw down, and how does it feel to be a part of something like this that's going to be just for women boxers? It feels absolutely wonderful because as I was saying years ago and over and over again, I always said that women's boxing been popping. It's always mm. been popping. You know, if, if they would have gave us women the same attention as, you know, they're giving now, back then, the, the world would have seen how amazing and entertaining we are. Because like I said over and over again, every time when somebody goes to a boxing match and they get the bow sheet and they see one female on the sheet, they're like, when the girl's coming out? When the girl's coming out? We're going to see the girl! We're going to see the girl! <laughs> <laughs> so it's the same energy. 
it's the same thing. We've been when I started when I started boxing, I was you know the woman that um inspired me that I saw Alicia Ashley, Chevelle Hallback, Layla McCarter, Melinda Cooper. Um, the, the list goes on. You know, Veronica Simmons, Tansy Daniels. These are the girls that I seen you know, that I was watching. So there was these women were amazing. Women's boxing was already at its height. You know what I'm saying? We just mm -hmm. needed the attention. It is now. People are noticing how amazing we are. So it's like, uh, you're late to the party, but, you know, I'm happy but hello, I'm on this party. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that I'm on this car, you know, I'm happy, you know, that, you know, we're finally, that I'm finally getting the chance, you know, to be a part of, you know, something great. And I'm just happy. Hey, shout out to all the female fighters. <laughs> now, we know that, I mean, I watch you quite a bit on social media. You are so positive. Given everything that you've been through, you don't know everything she meant to Google her, okay? Um, but Melissa is the phoenix. You've been able to rise out of a lot of turmoil. Grew up in Haiti, uh, get to the United States, get you get bullied. Now, all fighters, okay, the impetus to your fighting career is in one or two places, is either in the street or gym class. <laughs> so yours had something to do with gym class. From the, what I read, there was a girl the that Michael, was bullying you. The, the microphone is in and I couldn't really hear you. Oh, crap. Can you hear me, Jeremy? It's a little low. Let me see. There we go. Uh, uh, okay. Melissa, can you, how about now? Am I still going in and out? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you clear now. Okay. I was saying the beginning of all boxing careers is in one or two places, either in the street or in gym class. Yours had something to do with gym class. Were there some girls bullying you and that kind of started you on your way to learning how to defend yourself and then leading into your oh, boxing career? Oh, yeah. oh, yes, gym class. I just got my hair pressed with the hot comb, getting ready for picture day. And I was in gym class, and this girl named Latoya, Ooh, she used to call me like, her name was Latoya, her, she used to call me like Mighty Mouse, Mickey Mouse, everybody used to make fun of my voice. So I was like, ha, 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 okay, Big Papa, because she was a big girl. But everybody called her Big Papa. But I guess when I called her Big Papa, it was like, oh, hell no. So I was in the, I went to the bathroom and I had my pink lunch box and I was sitting there talking to my friends like, yeah, you know what you're going to have to snack or what, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then Toya came in the bathroom and she went and pushed me. They didn't even say nothing. She pushed me. My body went back like this. Woof. I went back into the lockers. I said, what? Oh no, bang, bang, bang. I beat that girl down. I had a by my right hand on her head and hit him with the left. Boom, 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 boom. And then me and her, bah, bah, bah. Then, and then my friends came. It was like, Melissa, get off her. So then the teacher was about to come in the bathroom. I let her go. I opened my right hand, had all her little bit of hair in my hand. She only had this much hair though, but I had that little oh. bit in my hand. And 
um, we had to go speak to the principal. And I remember that day. I, I begged so. the principal. I said, yo, please, please do not call my house. I don't care. I will do after school. I will write on, I will write a hundred words on the board. I will not fight. I will not fight. But please do not call my mother. Because, you know, I came up in an abusive household. My mother used to have her foot in my ass. Okay. I wasn't getting regular beatings. I was already catching punches at, in the first grade. Okay. Uppercuts, hooks early so i didn't want i didn't want that <laughs> so i remember begging i'm like look i'm sorry let me say sorry to her. i'm sorry toya i'm sorry mm -hmm. look please do not call my mother do not send a letter just <laughs> i would try to avoid fighting but you know i only fought when i have you know when i when they put hands on me because i'm not an aggressive person but if you know you try to come you know come for me i'm gonna get in that behind She's not fit to be punk, y'all. Let's just uh, get that straight. What happened after that? that what, what, what Latoya, did you guys have, end up feuding you know, for the next few years? And she let you be because she didn't want to catch that ass whooping. What the, the audio is echoing. Oh, so sorry. Uh, how's it now? Is that a little bit better? Yeah I, think mm. yeah, I can I can hear you, Jeremy. So I think there's they're messing with you. It's still echoing. It sounded like the song "Computer Love." <laughs> it's not. <laughs> oh, you go ahead, Cece. It is not. Um, but in addition to your boxing, you've made it your mission to bring awareness to autism. Uh, you work with a young lady that you're very close to. And can you tell us a little bit about how that started for you? How did you start working with her? And why is bringing awareness to autism so important to you? Oh, I started working with her because um, Rafael Vasquez used to be um, a fighter. And he was also signed with Louis DiBella. So. Oh, we lost her. Hopefully she come back. I think she might come back with a better connection. After <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, like, look, nothing happening in the gym. <laughs> in my bathroom, man. I'm around in there. Oh my god! There we go. Oh, I lost you guys. Oh, there that's okay. Go. We're found again. How's the connection? Can you hear us again? You guys. Yeah, it, I can. I can hear you guys a little. You can hear me. I can hear you. Yes, ma'am. Sure can. Loud and clear. <clears throat> you can hear me. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear us? It's like it's like staticky. It's staticky. You know what? She's probably having that issue that I did. Um, a few months back, remember what the heck did I have to do? I think I had didn't I have to do an update or something like that. It, it's something to do with the browser. Are you using Safari? You Safari on your phone? I think that's what it is, because um, it sounded just like that for me. It will go <laughs> in and out. Yeah. Dang, we just had we had the story it was good too. Ah, <laughs> uh, the the internet gods are never very kind to us. I'm starting to think it's not no internet god. It's like an internet state. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, 
I switched earbuds. Like, does this one sound a little bit clearer to you? Uh, one did. Yeah. 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 I don't know. You know, you know, you know, you know the rule around here. I'm the sports nista. I'm not the tech nista. Like, I probably went <laughs> to the settings in the, in the other ear. So, right. whoopsie. So, hopefully we'll be able um, to get her back. I'm positive that it's, um, it's that goofy um, safari issue, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be. Oh, there she is. Yes, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can you hear us? Yes. Okay. So, CCB quick while we have her. <laughs> well, no. Um, you were telling us the story about how you got involved um, with autism, um, with actually promoting autism awareness. Yes. So... Um, Raphael Vasquez actually, you know, started it because he used to be in the ring uh, with all his autism stuff, you know, for Kayleen and doing fundraisers. So I was in the gym one day and he had a pair of autism socks. And I said, I, you know, before I even knew about autism, I was like, oh, I like those socks because, you know, everybody know I like all the colors and stuff. And he was telling me this is um, autism. My daughter has autism. So, you know. Long story short, Raphael, you know, started uh, boxing me. I mean, started boxing me, started training me. And um, I said, you know, let's continue this fight for autism because he had retired because her mom had passed away. And, you know, he couldn't fight no more because he had to, you know, take care of the kids. I said, you know what? Oh, let's keep, let me, let's, let's keep this fight for autism going, you know, for all the parents around the world, you know that's living with this because it's not just a month it's you know they live with this every day and seeing you know uh the, the just everything that he goes through you know raising her and everything and, and i help with her also you know and i the reason why you know i put so much into it because he takes the time out when it's time to train me and other fighters that's time away from kayleen you know and i'm like this is me wanting you know wanting to give back and educate myself and other people about children on the spectrum you know because they're, they're all different levels and they're very smart and they're very intelligent and i feel like if people really give them a chance and don't just look at them like oh you know some don't speak or whatever. No, because these kids could really have the answer to change the world and what's going on right now. You know, you just got to give them a chance. And that's what I do with Kayleen. I give her a chance. You know, I love her a lot. And um, I want to just, you know, always bring awareness to it and speak up for the ones who can't speak and let and, and and let the other parents feel like somebody have their back. Somebody understand. Because I really had to be in Ralphie's shoes and other parents' shoes in the boxing world that do have kids with autism to see what they were going through. Like, for instance, you know, uh, there's another friend, another coach in the boxing world. He has a son with autism. And, you know, they all have their own thing. And he yells, you know. And one day we all went out to go eat. And I seen another group of people looking at him weird. And... It, it hurt me, you know? It, it's like, you know, obviously you, you see this kid, you know, it's a special needs child, but it doesn't mean you have to look at them some type of way or anything like that. Like when I bring Kayleen to the park, you know, there's other kids, you know, they'll talk to her. And then when they're, they're like, why she's, how come she's not talking back to me? And I was like, it's not, she, she's just not verbal. She understands you. She, she, she just can't, you know, respond back to you, you know? And, you know, I just see how other people's reactions are. And it's a little hurtful, you know. So I just want, you know, I just want people to see that they're humans. 
You know, don't look at them like they're aliens, you know, because they feel that. They can feel when you're looking at them or some type of way or anything like that. They're human just like us. They feel, they cry, you know, they have everything. They may not show it the way we do, but they have all of those senses, you know. And I just want to show the beauty of the spectrum, the good, you know, the good side and, you know, the challenging sides of it. And, you know, just to educate people on the puzzle pieces and the different spectrums and just show them the loving part. That's how I'm always showing, like, it is with Kayleen, with her trying to be verbal because she tries. She really tries, you know? And and just to show people that like, you can really connect with a, a child or a person that's on a spectrum. You have to go at their pace. And I understand and I understand that because I'm the same way with boxing, you know? Not everybody learns the same way. You know, my coach could tell me a combination like, you know, left hook, right hook, body shot, that might be too much for me <laughs> to grab, you know what I'm saying? But if you, you tell me in a way, you, you, you tell me in where I could understand, all right, jab, jab, come back with it, I will get it. You know what I'm saying? You just have to go with how I think, how I, how I learn different combinations. And then the same thing with these, you know, with people on the spectrum. So I get it. Mm. Why, why, I guess, I mean, you, you you talked about your your feelings about it, but, you know, in your own words, why is it important for them to understand that? To, you know, to not, to, I guess, educate other people around them you know, and the the society at whole that, just like you said, they're 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 human beings so, just like us. Yeah, I know we live in I know we live in a judgeful world, but I want right. people before they judge them, just take the time. You right. know what I'm saying? There's some like, for instance, there's um Andre Rose. He's a coach. He trains Ego Balanga. He has uh -huh. a son on the spectrum. Right. AJ speaks. AJ is very intelligent. You know, and um, the last time I seen AJ was I was in my early 20s. I just seen AJ last year and I was 36 and he remember who I was. And mm -hmm. I got a whole new haircut and everything. And I was just like, wow, you know, usually kids, you know, don't, you know, somebody for that long. And just for him to remember who I was just like that, it just showed me like, you know, their memory is like to another place. Because he was a little boy when I seen him. And I met him when I was just started boxing. <laughs> and then and the same and the same love he gave me, you know, in the beginning of my career is the same love he gave me now. And he's an adult. And it, it just is a special, it is a special love. And I, I want people to to see that and experience that. You know, if you know, if they have a family member with somebody on the spectrum or I meant to ask where she is. It's, uh, you in that place know, right? that she... doesn't have internet? <laughs> yeah, you in that place. Uh, she doesn't. Kicking me out. Y'all keep kicking me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. are you? Where are you training? Oh, oh I'm at um, Gleason's. Oh, one more time. You're where? Gleason's. Gleason's? Oh, okay. All right. So you're on the East Coast. Yeah, it's, your, it's uh, it's uh, the internet catching up to us. It may be over here on the West Coast. That that could be it. But you're an amazing advocate, and you're always so positive. And um, like I had mentioned, you've come through a lot of challenges, just like a lot of other boxers. Do you feel like kind of what you went through? I know you were in the group home in Haiti. Uh, you mentioned kind of your relationship with your mom. Do you feel like you were ready to face a pandemic? in a different way than a lot of other people because you'd already faced so many challenges 
oh, oh yeah, the, the pandemic didn't, you know, if you know, it, it wasn't nothing for me, you know. Uh, I lived in Haiti. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, was in a group, I was in. A, I mean, I was in a group home in Haiti, you know. So when I, when I came back to America. I, I was I appreciated everything. I didn't take nothing for granted. I appreciated, you know, 24-hour life, running water. I could wash my clothes on a washing machine. You know, I could um have, you know, my own bathroom, toilet paper. You know, um, yeah, the group home was pretty rough. <laughs> so this this pandemic had nothing for me. <laughs> Well, well, you you coming out of the pandemic on the winning side because you've got this fight coming up. What do, what do you think people should expect out of you in your next fight? Oh, you know, just a, an exciting fight. You know, I know, I, I know Olivia. You know, we had an exhibition years ago in Peru, and she was trying to uh, promote her fight with Kina. You know, so um, it, I know Olivia has been around, and she fought great fighters. And I know she's coming to fight. You know, uh, I know she's a tough fighter, but you know, I'm also tough too, and I'm good. <laughs> so it's gonna be, it's gonna be really exciting. It's gonna be cracking. You know, we we have Makaya Krebs on. Crept on just uh, about an hour ago, um, and we talked to Claressa as well. There's a group of American women who seem to be carrying the sport of boxing forward. Do you feel like there's a sisterhood um, amongst female boxers in the United States? Are you all still trying to like reconnect each other? No, there is. I feel like there is a, a, a sisterhood with us. Like, for instance, like uh, Mary McGee, um, my last fight, we fought on her card. And, you know, I was just so happy that she, you know, put that together and she wanted me to fight on the card, you know, because she would just, you know, she just became became a world champion and she didn't have to share the spotlight with, with none of us. You know, she she, you know, came, you know, together and then she was just like, now I wanna have Christina, Melissa, I wanna have these girls, these girls on the card. And she shared, you know, she shared her spotlight with us. So, you know, there is a sisterhood. I thought that was just like really nice, you know? It was it, it, it was it was a good look. And, you know, I'm always supporting the woman, you know, shouting them out, making sure they're good friends, Sean Cruz, you know what I'm saying, uh, Clarissa, everybody, Tansy, and then all the other girls that came before me, you know, uh, um, yeah, there is. You know, we, if we're in the same city, we all get together, you know, if we had to fight, it's like, hey, girl, woohoo, you know. <laughs> oh, your ass, though, if I see you, right? <laughs> <laughs> we friends, but I'm going to watch your ass. <laughs> I saw you shout out Clarissa today um, for her birthday. How important do you think Clarissa is um, for women's boxing in, in the United States, which not just for her pay-per-view, but the fact that she says what she says the way she says it? I, I think it's it's a beautiful thing. And then, you know, and, and plus being her being a black woman too, you know what I'm saying? I'm a black woman. So, you know, she she is a reflection of all black women. So seeing her achieve this and bringing you to the United States two gold medals and being undisputed champ, I think that is a great thing. She's definitely going to be in history, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I could, I'm really proud of all her, everything that she accomplished, you know? So... I think it's a beautiful thing and I, I she deserves more. She deserves more. She really accomplished a lot. Well, Melissa St. Ville, you are the 
co-featured uh, bout for uh, the Bella Entertainment's Broadway Boxing. Uh, it's going to be live on UFC Fight Pass. You guys are going to want to tune in Friday, April 23rd. Uh, yeah, I want to say thank you for your time. I'm going to give Cece the last questions here, but uh, thank you so much. You are just you are lightning in a bottle, and the positivity <laughs> is overflowing. I absolutely love it. I can't wait to see you get in there and do some work. Uh, just yeah, I just I could just sit here and listen to you all day, and just talk. Ah, uh, you know, <laughs> you know give this woman just... a show already. God damn it! I <laughs> well, check me out on American Ninja Warrior. Oh, <laughs> oh do you know when it's gonna air? Well, I puff, actually I do my first run in two weeks. Man, Melissa, American Ninja Warrior, she she's like be cooking. Uh, she wants to bust out a fashion show on you at any given time. Um, it is uh, before we let you go. I want to tell people to follow you on Twitter and Instagram, any other place um, that you want to mention. Yes, everybody, you can follow me on Instagram at killer underscore Mel, K-I-L-L-E-R underscore Mel, N-E-L, my Twitter at Melissa St. Bill, my Facebook at Melissa X St. Bill, my Snapchat, St. Bill Melissa, yeah, St. Bill Melissa, my TikTok, mm, I don't remember, but I just posted it, but yeah, you can follow me on those. <laughs> and, the, and the last thing is, we couldn't have you on and not take advantage of how empowering and how positive you are. This is, we are until March 31st. Uh, it is International Women's Empowerment Month, but actually around here, that's January, February, March, April, May, June, July, all the week through December. Um, what would you say to women who might be struggling with some challenges right now? Um, what has helped you get through the tough times that you think somebody else could be helped with as well? Let me tell you. You have, it's like, it's like Captain Planet says, the choice is yours. You either going to be a prisoner of your past or you want to wipe those tears and get up and move forward with whatever your goal is. Because, you know, I could be sitting out like, oh my God, my mother tried to kill me. My father don't like me. My mother hate me. I could be crying about all this stuff, but I'm not, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to keep those shackles on me. You know, I'm going to just move forward and just keep pushing. So that would be my advice. You know, you know, um, I am dealing with trauma at the moment. I am getting counseling at the moment. So I would say get whatever is going to help you. going to be counseling to talk to somebody about it. But do not, do not be a prisoner. Get those chains off and keep moving. Leave it, just leave it and and do what's good for you. Love yourself first. Stay positive. And if you need somebody to talk to, you can always DM me. I will be here to listen and give you advice because I've been there. So I understand. Um, we are so fortunate that you took the time to come and say hi to us. Good luck to you on uh, the 24th and any time before and after that too. Well, oh, what happened if the microphone was going? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, 
it, it's a it's a goofy stream i think listen how about this <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for your time we appreciate it thank best of luck we'll talk to you soon all right thank you for having me bye guys bye melissa <laughs> just i love it love it cannot her. be contained cannot, cannot be contained <laughs> absolutely and I, this is just me the entire time yeah, <laughs> so, like, I can just listen to her talk. I'm still back to the whole like how to beat the girl down in the bathroom. Yeah, I still got questions from the first story, but, <laughs> but that's okay. We'll save it for another time. We'll save it for another time. Yeah, Jared, she has a very unique voice. Yeah, if you missed if you missed the bathroom story. You, you might not want to tease her about the voice. No, uh, she's just a unique individual. Um, 34 years old, you know, definitely not a prospect in no. the uh, boxing game, but still around to teach some folks some lessons and yeah. good grief. Like she got a few to tell. Yeah. She's got an amazing, amazing story. Uh, and you shouldn't uh, definitely shouldn't judge her on the surface level. Go and check her story out. She's overcome so much growing up in a group home and, Haiti making the transition over here, growing up then in Brooklyn, uh, and kind of an abusive relationship with her mother, uh, and then all the things that she's overcome. And even, uh, you know, we won't go into it, but because uh, it's kind of old news, but even a situation with uh, Roger Mayweather uh, a few years ago, another unfortunate situation. Uh, and just everything that she's gone through, and she's 13, 4, and 4, and uh, she's old, she's dynamite. She's dynamite in a mm -hmm. you know, 10 pounds of dynamite in a five pound sack. There you hey, go. <laughs> um, you ain't going to find many boxers more fit than Melissa. Like she's another one who's about to sell the weigh in. So yeah. if you if you know when that weigh in is, you should probably watch that weigh in. Bro, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we give our we give props to our friend uh, Ebony Bridges mm -hmm. all the time for her fitness level when she comes in to weigh in and everything. But uh melissa st bill is also one of those uh women that just one of those athletes i should say mm -hmm. that is just yeah. i mean she got like a 19 pack that's an extra she got an extra ad muscle somewhere that i, uh, I have a keg i have a six pack um, you know out the outdoors fit to open up again you know and i've been just slacking my pimping for the past couple of months i was just like i i came up with a new term rounds when you're supposed to be running in the front but instead you bouncing too much in the back <laughs> um, trying try to turn that that r <laughs> that b into an r let's see if i can do that you go outside open up officially this summer <laughs> there you go folks start getting outside hit that pavement <laughs> get that running before it gets too hot and you, you wish you would have gotten in oh, shape well that's our show thank you to our guest melissa st bill uh Micaiah, uh Kreps, uh earlier thank you to jamel herring and jc uh, uh what is jc's last name uh casaris there you go uh <laughs> for helping to set us up sorry jc uh, i had a, a memory thing it happens when you get old uh thank you for setting that up for us and uh thank you all for tuning in watching leaving the comments sharing the show uh our guys ralph and mike we appreciate you guys 
Love you guys. Our guy, FP, also tuning in there. Uh, we'll see you next week, right? Yeah, next week? Yeah, we'll come back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. We'll, we might talk some fights or something like that. How about that? I'm your corned beef and Guinness. Yeah. All right there, TC. We're, we're watching you. TC is just a really elongated leprechaun. Did you know that about TC Martin? All right. We'll talk to you next time.